Dead Headspace. I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan. Hello, everybody. And today we have with us the trio, a, the screenwriter of many, including Dawn of the Deaf and host, Jed Shepard. As well, as well as Haley Bishop and Emma, Emma Louise Webb. <laughs> Say hi, guys. Hey, how are you? Hi, guys. Hey, guys. And I just have a quick question before we start. Have you guys heard of Buzz Book Expo? No, I haven't. I haven't. Well, I'd love to learn more about it. Oh, sure. Well, it goes like this. Hey, readers, book reviewers, podcasters, librarians, booksellers, and lovers of great, scary books. BuzzBook Expo 2020 is just around the corner. BuzzBook Expo is a live streaming event in which publishers will be announcing all the great new horror fiction releases they have to offer through the coming year. There will be interviews, Q&As, presentations. Jed, Haley, and Emma, there's even book cover reveals. And more from all your favorite horror publishers, all for wow. free. That sounds really good, genuinely. That sounds great. I don't know, what, what, what cool authors are there? You can find out all the info on Mary Sanji. That is M-A-R-Y-S-A-N-G-I dot WordPress dot com slash Buzzbook Expo 2020. We hope to see you there. Yeah. Yay. That, that was smooth. That was that real was smooth. Can I, I just say that, that website address is catchy. It, it's <laughs> like, it goes on forever. It's like dot com slash net underscore... <laughs> Book, book, book. <laughs> Thankfully, we'll put it in the show notes so you can click it instead of having to, you know, scribe it as we go. Good idea. So, <laughs> whoever wants to answer first, feel free to jump in. But what got any of you into horror? I always watched it as a kid. As a teenager, like, always used to go to the cinema and watch films. I remember the, one of the first scary films I ever watched was Shaun of the Dead, which is off the UK. Oh, my comedy. God. <laughs> yes. I love Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've got red on you, by the way. Um, no, but uh, I was terrified of that when I was really young. And, like, I used to hate horror. And then as a teenager, I just started loving it. Um, Final Destination, uh, The Descent, like, all of them. Love it. The, the Descent was a great choice. Yeah, mm. it's about a group of girls who are who are facing up to like evil, and uh, so yeah, that's very very similar to the kind of host. What about the um, other Simon Pegg films? Did you ever watch? Uh, which one? Hot Paul? Fuzz was great. Uh, Paul was funny as hell. Seth Rogen and him. I mean, uh, who doesn't like seeing that? Yeah. And then, and then, um, oh, the one at the end of the world. Well, yeah. Then, at World's End, well, that's yeah. it. That uh, Cornetto trilogy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cornetto <laughs> trilogy. I've got to admit, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of Simon Pegg movies. <gasps> I think oh, he plays the same dun, character dun. in every single one of them. Yeah, he's a great character. Yeah, that's why. It just doesn't. Just doesn't. Just isn't for me. Shaun of the Shaun of the Dead is fine, um, <laughs> but it's just like a. It's just a, a big box of other movies. Ooh, um, I love Simon Pegg. <laughs> it's well put together. It is very well put together. Obviously, because the director's great and Space was yeah. great. I love Space. I just, I'm just not a fan of Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or uh, At World's End. 
Oh. But not for me. No. They're not for me. Okay, well. But um, horror wise. I don't know how to segue. Yeah, we got you in the horror, Jed. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I, I just absolutely love horror and I always have since a kid. Um, my, I think the first horror film I ever watched was someone's older brother gave me a copy of Evil Dead 2. And my friend who, and, and I didn't have an older brother, so I didn't have that access to like, like Aww. cool adult horror films. So like, the scariest I'd kind of watched up until then was probably something like Gremlins. So to watch something like Evil Dead 2 just blew me away because it was just like, oh wow, you can have something that's really gory and really funny at the same time. And that, that kind of blew my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, all day, every day I'm watching horror films. That's all, all I really care about. And that's going to be me till the end of time, I think. Amy? <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm such a fan, but I'm like the most horror films I watched was uh, Rob showing us clips of films during the filming of Host because my dad showed me Arachnophobia when I was like six years old, and just like like I feel like I got all my horror films in under the age of nine, and was scarred for life because everybody like I have an I have an older brother who was just showing me things well before I was supposed to be watching them. Oh, maybe they're trying to toughen you up. And it backfired. It didn't work. It backfired. My older brother, my older brother used to play uh, COD Zombies with me from like age twelve. So like, I mean, that's not really horror, is it? But it kind of is. Trying to get me ready for that life. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's fun. I love The Walking Dead and, like, the zombie films, I think, are not, I don't find them poor. I'm just, like, they're challenges. I definitely know <laughs> survive in that, so I don't find it scary. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. So, okay, what kind of, do you tend to, for you, Haley, do you tend to um, find yourself going towards a different kind of genre? Uh, I think I probably, I mean, I love comedy. I think, like, so I do love, like, uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and, like, <laughs> even, not, not that Get Out is a comedy, but it's kind, you know, it's, mm. I like the funny horror. I mean, Jed knows I've recently written a, um, a little horror short film that's more comedy and I sent it to Jed and he was like, you need to have her, like, kill people in the end. <laughs> I was like, ah, supposed to be funny. And he's like, trust me. And so then <laughs> I've learned to, I think I feel like it just being friends with Jed and Rob and and this whole process is actually it has opened up my mind to actually wanting to watch more horror like yeah. Rob does uh, clip from Midsummer um, mm. that I, I didn't I I heard Midsummer was really scary so I didn't watch it when it came out and then he showed us this little clip which um, you know spoiler of the guys jumping off the cliff yep. <laughs> and that, like, and I, which is, I don't know what this says about me, but I watched that and I was like, ooh, this movie looks interesting. <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, this is pretty, this is pretty fucked up, but it's actually really good. So yeah, I the rest like, of us were like behind closed hands, like never, never, never watching this, and you were like, oh, I was like, ooh, I like that. Yeah, Katie, <laughs> hey, are you gonna make? Are you gonna make that horror short then? Yeah, as soon as I get funding for it, it's gonna be out and all. How much do you need? Uh, I think like ten grand. Pound. Yeah. Oh, sure. Anyone needs uh, yeah. some fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a spare. It's really good. No, it's really, it's really good. It's a really good, it's a really good shot. Well, yeah, I, you whistling. Me? 
Yeah, no, I, I am hearing a whistle. Do you guys hear a whistle? I do. A slight one. Unless, because that was you last night. Does someone have a fan? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a fan. Is that what it is? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Has it, has it, hold on. Wait. This has already stopped, right? I'll just point it in a different direction. No. Hmm. No, I don't think that's me. Oh, it's the fan of of my laptop, maybe. Holy shit, that's a loud fan for a laptop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My laptop's going to explode and take off. So maybe. Alright, we can this. I've already really enjoyed this button. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, stop. I'm going to stop. I'm ending there. Bye. (laughs) So, uh, to throw it out there, I mean, if, if all of our listeners can kick in a grand, we could probably fund that project. <laughs> no, we, we only got, like, three people that listen. So 3.3 hey. grand, then. All right, that's fine. Yeah, and then, then you get, you get I don't know if you're going to use any of the girls from Host, Haley, but surely that's going to be quite a... I mean, I am now. To use. There's, a, there's probably more people than that. Yeah, Haley. <laughs> Well, I, I've seen Haley in two things, Host and uh, Dawn of the Deaf, and I wasn't sure when we were going to talk about that, but fuck it, let's talk about it now. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, by the way, some guests asked if you can swear in this. Go ahead. I, I took the liberty and just went for it, or I forgot to ask. <laughs> so, just real quick, Dawn of the Deaf, I watched that a few days ago, and I'm like, this is pretty neat. Okay, I'm halfway in, I'm like, I just did not stop and think about what it would be like to be deaf. I'm very much so like a privileged white male in every sense. I'm healthy. So I don't think about that. And it's a shame, but watching a film like that, truthfully, not because it's you guys that were in it um, and you wrote it, Jed, but it made me think. And I'm like, this is interesting. I want to see more of this. And it's cool because like right now you got like, like Bird Box is is recent movie, and then you got um, uh, Quiet Place, and that all deals with your senses. That's what Dawn mm-hmm. of the Death dealt with, and then yeah. the ending happens, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how the fuck are you gonna leave me like that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'll notice in every single one of our shorts and in host, we end it pretty similar. Like we we leave the audience hanging. We don't. There's no resolution. It's always Ever. yeah. We lead you to the edge of the water and we threaten to push you in but we just leave you on the edge so in your mind it's up to you if you jump in or or step back um yeah. but yeah no it, it's 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 that's probably i mean host is probably my favorite thing now because it's because it's new but like dawn of the death is what me and rob were known for and i guess the girls were known for for, for quite a long time it, w- can you tell us a little bit about that like how did it start where did the germ of yeah. the idea for that begin so the original idea was I was going to direct it, and I'd, I'd almost set it up, but um, oh, I didn't know I, that. yeah, um, and like with some of the same crew with the same sign language guy who taught Haley and Medina and Caroline to sign. So it was it was very similar, and but it was a, it was a bit more comedic than Rob's version. So um, <laughs> I had, and it was it was actually a Christmas movie. It was set at Christmas. Um, but the then I met Rob and I pitched it to him first thing and I'd seen something he'd done I was like wow this guy's good um, 
So I was like, I want to want to do this. Um, I really like your style. I really like what you've done. Um, I only really done like a co- comedy stuff. He'd never done a horror thing before. But I was like, I really like how you've you've, you've created the, these worlds. So I gave it to him, and he made it what it is. Like he made an art house, um, art house stroke, amazing. Um, he built upon like the foundation that I kind of like brought to him. And like he, he even says he was so jealous. As soon as I said the idea, he was so jealous. So he was just bugging me internally until it could be like, like me and him doing it. Um, and then yeah, and we, no one would give us any money for it because if you try and pitch a film about deaf people with subtitles to anyone, they're not going to give you any money. So we, we just use our own money. We use our own money and we also convinced the Central School of Speech and Drama, which is like one of the best drama schools in the UK. We convinced them to give us a little bit of money, um, and we got to use their brilliant actors as well, which included Haley and Regina and Caroline. Um, and Gemma actually went to that school as well, but she was in the, the year above. Um, yeah, so we, but again, I don't think anyone had faith it was going to be any good besides me and Rob. So we, we made it, and we thought we had something special. And then we started putting into festivals, and then it just went crazy. And we ended up being in over, I think, 300 festivals, all of the wow. big ones around the world. We won so many awards, uh, Sundance, London Film Festival, Sitges, Fantasia, Fantastic Fest, all of them. We won awards, like, pretty much all of them. Um, so we're like, okay. Cheers, Emma. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. What, what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, we were like we know what we're doing now so um so yeah and obviously like it's, it's great because the performances from the girls and that just so 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 good people genuinely thought they were deaf because of their acting yeah. was so good um I'm proud of that for i mean i'm still very proud of that but... <laughs> now fucked one of the deaf <laughs> <laughs> i was and then i did this one and i was like no no i love i mean dawn of the deaf was i remember even when we got the script in our school and we were told like you were cast in this thing and even all, all the rehearsals uh because you know Radina and I did obviously play a, a couple and had loads of rehearsals with Rob and it wasn't until we stepped on set where we were like oh no this guy's legit you know the, the at that point that was one of the, the best um most professional sets where I was at you know other than I've, I've worked in tv and film loads um, but at at that kind of level, it's the most professional set I've been on, and and the most I'd actually been like, oh, I actually feel like an actor now. I've got a, you know, we had Alexi, who's our costume designer on Host as well, was our costume designer, and she was, you know, amazing, really attentive, and and we had um, the wonderful Samuel Dore, who's an interpreter, who is also a director and a photographer as well, and he taught us all the sign language for that. Uh, so we did about two months of rehearsal just so we could get the signs down perfectly. So when, when people, it was really important to us that we, we did come across as, you know, make people wonder whether or not we were hearing or not, because it, it's mildly controversial to use hearing actors for deaf roles, just like, you know, for any one of the disability, you kind of want to let someone who has that disability play the character because there's fewer roles for them. Um, but since we were using, they were using actors from our drama school. We kind of was a lim- uh, got away with it, I suppose, but we wanted to be so spot on with the signs that you wouldn't know whether we were or not. And, and when people did, like when they would meet us and be like, oh, I thought you were actually deaf. I was like, that is the 
best compliment you could have given this film. That's amazing. You did that much rehearsal. I never knew. Yeah, we would, we would send videos to um, to Sam every, I think it was once a week or even like every couple of days of just us practicing. And then he would reply and, be, and correct us um, and then just work with him. And he was on set with us as well. And, make, you know, if we did a take and he was like, oh, you, you kind of messed up the sign, then Rob would make sure that we did it again so that his final, you know, the takes that made it into the film were perfect. Mm-hmm. I went to sign language club when I was in secondary school. Yeah, for my first week. Of one year seven. You then. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't part of the group yet, so yeah. I wasn't involved. <laughs> Haley, I think Jed mentioned that um, you know you guys received a lot of compliments as far as um, mimicking the speech patterns of, um, of of a deaf person. What was your process like for working on that? So we did um, our process for for kind of learning how to do the signs and researching and stuff. We, we watched a lot of films and um, there's one film I remember we went to see at BFI, which is called The Tribe, which is an incredible Ukrainian film that's all in sign language, but there's no subtitles. So you had like, but you understand everything that's happening in that film just because of, um, so we kind of, you know, through research and watching different films and things, we realized how expressive, um, you know, like sign language actually is and how much it does have to, you know, your, your facial expressions is a lot like acting in a way. It's a really easy way to equate it to acting because your facial expressions and, and the way, you know, like how uh, you emphasize the hand movements, it indicates tone and indicates your, the feeling behind certain signs. So, you know, if you're doing things softer, then it means something than rather if you're doing a really forcefully um, doing movements. I don't think that's a sign, so don't that was <laughs> don't use the video of this. But um we we did that and then um I think too just watching a ton of like trying to just watch as many people as we could uh so we could get their speech patterns because you are still you know some of it is still uh saying the words along with the signs so that if someone could read your lips or if you know again if you just put emphasis on things. And then it, a lot of it came down to Sam uh, just being an excellent, excellent teacher and being very strict with us. So he would, uh, wasn't afraid to like get in there and correct us. And then I think, you know, you never want to let him down. So we just, just put in the time. Yeah. And like, just, just the reaction to Dawn of the Deaf was, was, was amazing. And up until that point, you'd never had so much attention. So, um, we, we, we thought we had the formula and I think, me and, and Rob working together, there is something a little bit magical about it because it seems like so far, fingers crossed, touch wood, everything we do has been very well received. And um, the next thing we did off because because of Dawn of the Death was Salt. And uh, we got that the money to make Salt because of Dawn of the Death and, and the reaction that got. So I don't know if you've seen Salt as well. Um, I have not seen that. I tried finding that. Yeah. It's uh, it's on it's it's on Rob's uh, Vimeo or it's it's pretty much everywhere. Okay. But, yeah, that's only a two minute short, and yeah, it's 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 great, and that's what uh, stars Alice Lowe. And um, off the back of that, uh, we we just got a lot of attention from Hollywood. So me and Rob became Hollywood wankers and went to LA and had a bunch of meetings, <laughs> and uh, just did the Hollywood wanker thing for a little while, speaking to studios. 
That term makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Stop just, it. You know, just, just going around town being dicks, drinking cocktails. What's the American equivalent of wanker? Because the only word I think of Jennifer. is just... Is what? Jennifer. Yeah, it's Jennifer. Jennifer. See, that sounds <laughs> icky. <laughs> that's not a... That's... That's <laughs> only <laughs> means an American. Maybe? <laughs> alternatives? Any? Yeah. I I think it, I think a wanker is kind of like a dickhead or like a <laughs> yeah we're being you and Robert being dickheads. <laughs> so like the guy, like just kind of arrogant. It's like, it's doing the like ooh we're doing the L A thing you know like yeah sorry gold that is a wanker. Yeah. But yeah but yeah I mean often because of because of Salt's reaction um yeah we we got a lot of interest so we took those meetings and we we, we did a bunch of. Uh, deals and so we set ourselves up with a few films in the pipeline but films take ages to make so like you never know when they're actually going to like happen and drop and stuff so in the meantime like um i directed a film called multiplex which is like 20 minutes long which stars all of the girls from host every single one of them and they're all in it playing characters um if you've seen dawn and the death you, you probably like Redina and and Hades characters in in multiplex because they're playing the same characters. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so is Caroline actually. She's playing the same character. Um, and yeah. but you take it. A, yeah, did you know that that Caroline's playing? The, no, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she never. <laughs> um, Emma's learning so much. I know. I am. Emma's the lead in it. Emma's it's the lead. A very in informative it. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Emma's wonderful. In multiplex. This is Emma's homework. This podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's what she has a lot to do in multiplex because she has to uh, act, sing, and dance, and so she's on screen every second of, of the film as well. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then Gemma, she Gemma actually plays two roles in it. She Gemma works in the cinema, and she also plays a yeah. a, a samurai, basically. Um, so she has, so yeah, so all the girls from host, and we played it once before lockdown at Glasgow Film Festival, and then lockdown happened, and all the festivals have been cancelled, so hopefully there'll be more festivals coming up later on this year that we can play it in, and then I'll drop it. But actually. It had such a good response, didn't it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable response. Like, I honestly, maybe, until host actually, I've never seen an audience reaction like that before to one of our films because all of our films are quite tragic and shocking but multiplex is just really uplifting and fun and i just are you still there Ooh. oh yeah just just that buzzing just suddenly disappeared i think it's me i muted myself <laughs> it's oh. Haley, son of a <laughs> <laughs> like maybe i'll try i think it's my maybe it's my laptop i don't know what it's her. Is it her fan? <laughs> uh, yeah, but like we, so it was. It had a really, really good, good reaction, and uh, Emma got to meet the rest of the girls on um, on set as well, which was, which was handy. And then she became part of the overall friendship group because she only knew me at that point. Just and Gemma. Very, and Gemma, yeah. So I met Emma at Comic Con. Like I was, I was hosting a panel for the film The Void. I don't know if you've seen that film The Void. Like this John Carpenter. No, I, know, I know what it's about. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, practical effects. So I was. It was like a big fifteen hundred, like people, like stage thing, and Emma stood up at the end of the Q and A bit. Well, any questions to to the to the director? Emma stood up and was like, "Hi, um, quick question. <laughs> um, 
how do, how do you pick actors for your films? And then I was just looking at looking at this girl, and I was just like, she looks cool, and like she's confident. And the main thing is, she looks a little bit like my sister. Maybe not not now I know her. She looks a lot less like my sister, <laughs> but like from I was a distance. Younger then. Yeah, from a distance. She looked, I was like, oh, she's like my sister. And in my mind, I wanted to make this thing called Multiplex, which was about me and my sister when we were little, mm. little. And then, um, so when I got funding to make it, I was like, oh, okay, I need to find someone to play me and find someone to play my sister. So I knew, I knew of Emma because she was on my Instagram because we followed each other after mm-hmm. Comic Con. And I just hit her up and was like, hey, really weird, but like, do you want to like be in this film? It's like, it's a, quite a weird movie. There's lots going on. And she was like, cool, yeah. So, and then to the guy who played me is the kid from, a Monster Calls, um, the main kid from A Monster Calls. Um, Brilliant Lewis film. Eagle, I love that film. Yeah, which won loads of awards. Liam Neeson plays a tree in it, a tree monster. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we, we got this dream cast of the host girls, Lewis McDougall and a bunch of other amazing people. Um, and we made this movie. And it's so good because like now there's even more excitement about it because people want to see the host girls being something else. And it's a quick easy fix and it's something different as well so they won't be like typecast they're just like like found footage horror it's, it's such a big contrast to host multiplex contrast, yeah it couldn't be more different yeah yeah that's Basically. awesome and the aim is to make the feature length version early next year and oh, wow. just waiting for funding to, to be in place for that and all like that you you guys all your whole group of friends, you're doing what I wanted to do as a teenager, but was unsuccessful at it, which is be a screenwriter, uh, mainly horror. And I had a group of friends just stuck to the YouTube thing. I edited and stuff like that. It was fun as hell. So Mm -hmm. I totally can understand how you want to keep going with that. And, uh, I, I am excited as a fan of, uh, the films I've seen, the two films I've seen of yours so far. Uh, so that'd be really neat. Before we move on, though, I, I just want to say about Dawn of the Deaf, one thing. I like how it was a same-sex couple. I like how it was – I don't know if like's the right word. I thought it was interesting how with Carol – I'm going to fuck up her name, aren't I? Oh, Caroline. Yeah. yeah. Her her situation, when I first saw her with her parents, I'm like, hmm, that's weird that the dad said that. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I grim. get it. Absolutely grim, Yeah. And then the other relationship with the older um, deaf man that yeah. they were just they were neat. They're not quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes traditional, which is what I want because again, that's how we learn. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good selling point of Don the Deaf. Is it it before you find out? You know, the punchline really doesn't come till the end, and so you're just watching these interesting stories and they're three very different storylines that are going on. And so you're kind of like, well, how are these, are, how are these people connect? I mean, the through line is obviously the, um, each one of them being deaf and what they're, but it's like, you get to see different experiences for, um, you know, deaf community or just putting them in. I think people get typecast a lot in certain ways. You know, if you have, especially if you have a disability, that um, you, you don't get to just see the, you just get, they're just different. They get to play those kind of like, you know, the, the father, Chris, um, the actor, Chris is a real interpreter. And oh, okay. He, he, yeah. So he's an actor and he's also a deaf interpreter as well. I mean, and he gets to play this creepy, you know, 
horrible person. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, which... He's the nicest guy ever, that, that Chris. Is, so is he really? He's really, the most really beautiful really human. He's wonderful. Great yeah. actor. Yeah, he's, he's nicer than all of us put together. Honestly, he really is. Yeah, he does so he much for so many people. Like he's, he's great. Can I take a moment to have a quote from a past podcast of my buddy James Sabata said about you on this specific point? Oh. Jed is the coolest motherfucker on the planet. I love that dude. So if that doesn't say enough about who you are, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying someone's nicer than you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, but Jed. You guys don't see me like when I'm when we're in our quarantine movie club WhatsApp group, and I'm just like making fun of everyone and just being stupid and just like because that's like that's what friends yeah. are for. Yeah, exactly. you know, like you know these these girls are like they're famous now, so like I need to keep them grounded. You need to make sure like they're they're like. <laughs> I, I mean, like not kissing ass, but you are. You guys are literally just your movie blew up in a time that is for I would say that it's safe to say everyone that's alive right now has never experienced this. Yeah. yeah. And you got you guys were like, fuck it, we're making a film. And then it blew up. <laughs> yeah. It was good for us. Like, it was just a great way to pass the time and, like, chat to your friends <laughs> and do something fun. I, I can't I can't get over it. I love it because I've been a huge horror fan since I've been a kid. Seeing this uh, Zoom, like, it's... It's not the first of its kind, but it's the best of its kind. That's my my opinion. Um, I just I, I agree with that opinion. Thank Pat. you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm watching you guys on. It's gonna sound like a stalker, but what's the internet for if not to stalk people you enjoy? <laughs> with? Look, look, you can't get away from us on Twitter. To be fair, <laughs> so to also be fair, is you guys are very friendly and you're approachable. Um, Healy made. Two replies of mine. Carolyn did too, and I'm like, "That's cool. I like your movie." And Jed, I reached out to Jed because I was like, "Fuck it, I'll see if he'll be in my show." And then he said, "Yep." <laughs> he yeah. said, "He said I could talk today." I'm like, "Oh shit, I know. I don't know if I could do." That. <laughs> I didn't think he'd reply. So my whole point to all this is, I think that that helps you guys. I I, I think we're all pretty much the same generation. So my whole. <laughs> yeah, my whole thing is like being a horror fan and and being a podcaster myself. Even though I haven't really done my own podcast for a while, I I was the one that was reaching out to people all the time, saying, "Hey, do you want to be in my podcast? Do you want to be in my podcast?" And just like reaching into thin air and hoping they would say say yes. So I'm very very conscious. If someone asked me to be on a podcast, um, it would mean like a lot to them. The fact that this is a big movie out and we're coming on. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 just like I'm gonna especially the horror, if it's a horror podcast, I'm always gonna do it because I want to support the horror community who are supporting us right now. So yeah, yeah, that's the thing is it's like we we wouldn't be doing this without all of you guys and like everybody tweeting at us and everyone watching yeah. the film and writing nice reviews and like you know we're we set up the movie almost to not you know we shot it on Zoom with unknown actors you know it's not like it was destined to be great from the very beginning it's just because we've also got all these amazing fans around the world that are excited to watch it and that want to talk to us so this is equally as cool for us to be able to be on podcast and be like i'm like yeah you want to you care what i have to say this is awesome and i think that's where the blair witch project reference that i've heard often comes into play the mm -hmm. unknown actor thing the found footage thing 
Um, I I told Jed this, but for Emma and Haley, I watched this. I I have a wife and a almost nine month old. So, uh-huh. um, and I'm not. Com- oh, thank you. I'm not complaining when I say this, but I'm almost never alone. Which again, I I'm not. I'm okay with that. My wife's not big into horror, but I got the house to myself uh, one night. I watched host on my TV. <laughs> it was just me and my son because my wife my wife works at night, and uh, in my head I'm like, "Be brave for your little boy that can't even talk yet." <laughs> I shut my doors that I'm not going for the rooms I'm not going into. I shut those doors, <laughs> and for that I thank you because that's what I want as a horror fan. Now, Brennan, take it over. Yeah, no, I, I see. Now, I thought that was like the um, worst is not the right word, but you know, whenever we're exploring someone's house or apartment, it's like, oh no, we got to open up every door. Like, you know, <laughs> at least if they're already open, you know, you can kind of get a general viewpoint. But that tension. Now, you guys were kind enough to come on here, so uh-huh. I'm not gonna. You know, you you probably never listened before, and that's obviously fine. But um, will, Patrick I and I. I'm sorry, Jed. I will listen from now on. Oh, I'm not. I'm not admonishing you. Um, Patrick <laughs> and I both kind of have a role. Um, he's kind of the movie guy, and I'm kind of the book guy. And I'm not, you know, I, as far as horror goes, I'm a very visual person. So where I might be able to plow through a really fucked up book and, you know, sleep at night. Um, with movies, it really just, you know, sticks with me a lot harder. Um, and he yeah. said, "You have to watch <laughs> this one." Wait, for audio listeners, he yeah. was just saying me too with uh, hand signals. Yeah. You're on the same team, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been hand signals this whole time. I can't see your hand signals. Prankers. At the end, she's gonna she's gonna yeah. prank us somehow. Sorry, um, but yeah, no, no, no. thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually I'm scared to death having listened to your episode um, to you and Haley on the Necronama.com, knowing that you know the whole thing stemmed from a prank and that we're doing this thing not Zoom but on Skype. I'm scared to death that at some point you guys are going to pull some shit on me and I'm going to fall <laughs> out of this chair. Yeah, um, I've seen them do that. I've, I've, I've seen the girls do that on the podcast. Haley like, is the worst. You're so cool. Or shall I say the best? I just um, I, I'm lucky I, I can employ my partner to just. I mean, he was, you know, he was pushing, pushing things out of the doors and pulling and pulling me and doing a lot of stuff for the film. So he's already used to helping me with the, with the gags, but <laughs> he's, he's happy to step in. But I, I didn't plan one for you this evening. I could rig it up real quick, though. <laughs> no, that's she's just going to go fun. to the toilet quickly. Be right back. She'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> and Brennan, you think, you think it's stuck with you? Like, I can't sleep in my own bedroom now. Emma texts me at like three or four in the morning. No joke. Because she knows I'll be awake because I'm always awake. And then she's like, yeah, I can't sleep in my own room. I'm sleeping with the light on again. Have there's something the in my doorway. Now. And it's like every day, there's something in my doorway, Jed. I saw something. I'm just like, Emma, I can't help you. You're really far away. <laughs> and and if, if you're going to die, you're going to die. You can't. It's that door frame where, where I, you know, no spoilers, but. Stuff happens in that door frame, and I, I can't see it the same. Yeah. Well, what, 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 it's good that you pointed out the door frame thing because um, how the construction of the shot in in host for all of their rooms is is mostly with a with an empty door behind them, and and the reason for that is because um, if you can see the horror, if you can see the thing that's coming for you, then you can possibly figure out a way to kill it. 
and to fight it or to run from it. But if you can't see the thing, then that's more scary because there's nothing more scary than the unknown and the and the void. And that's what we try to do with hosts. We try to make you scared of things that aren't there, um, which is like a magic trick, but I think it works because people are looking in the background and looking everywhere. They're in every little door door frame shot, just people are looking for stuff. And there is stuff there if you look hard enough. Um, but yeah, the unknown is more scary than the known. That's what we try to do. Brennan, should oh, we that's... say should we say now? Now might be a spoiler time. Yeah, no, I would say for the whole episode. I mean, my my general feeling is that somebody, first of all, anybody tuning in here has probably seen the movie, and if they haven't, why the hell are you listening to this? Go watch the movie. Um, and like beyond that, even if they even if they haven't seen it and for and are prioritizing this, why would you listen to a ninety minute to two hour podcast about a movie that you haven't seen? I mean, even if it's not spoiler heavy, it's definitely it's, it's not do. going into it. Yeah. What's it's that? On the thumbnail, put a picture of Haley and Emma, and then people will click on it. Classic, <laughs> classic advertising. Patrick, you on that? Sure, 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 sure. Um, Haley, real quick, random question: Why did you move to uh, England? Sure. Um, I so I'm originally from Arizona. And I lived in LA for a few few years after college, and I I wanted to get my master's. So there's a so as Jed was saying, um, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama here in London has an amazing one year acting for screen program for your master's. And my best friend had done it a couple years prior, and she ranted and raved about it. And so I was like, you know what? I I think I need a little bit extra training. England is also home of the best actors in the world. Personally, I think you know you. It's like the, the is why Shakespeare is from here. Mm. Uh, and so I moved out to get my master's and did the year course here. And then actually a lot of it is um, why I stayed is because of the success of Dawn of the Deaf, because I did that film right before the course. Wow. And it, yeah, it really was a big influence because I meeting Rob and meeting Jed and, and having the film go to Sundance and just getting the success it got it, it, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm better off being an American actor in England than I was being um, just another actor in LA. Because you know, if you go to LA, everyone's an actor there. <laughs> like every waitress, right? Every waitress, every Uber driver, everyone <laughs> can't this town without hitting an actor. And and while that's wonderful, and LA has a lot of opportunities, it also means it's like you need to have a USP. Um, to really make, you know, or know somebody, or it's just a little bit harder there to get started. Whereas having drama school, um, I think like England respects having done the training and the homework, um, respects the drama students to, to, and gives more opportunities for that when you kind of put the work in rather mm-hmm. than you're just really pretty in LA and you get cast in something. Everyone's um, pretty in LA. That's the thing, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I um so yeah, I got I got a was lucky enough that I was able to get a visa to work here and and just have every year have kind of gotten a little bit more success. You know, I booked a little commercial and I booked a little you know, one line in a TV series and then the next year was a bigger commercial and a bigger TV series and then I've done a couple feature films now with just smaller parts and then I mean now I've done host, I'm like, Okay, great, like never leave it. <laughs> Where's my trailer? Yeah. No auditions anymore. Oh god! If uh, we ever make a host too, these girls are going to be right. <laughs> <different>. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and London's just really cool. To be yeah. fair, if you guys have, I don't know if you guys have been out here before, but it's I haven't been to Europe. I want to go. I'm very. My name is Patrick McDonough, so like I'm very much so Irish. So I'd yeah. like to go there. London. I'd like to go to. My wife and I want to travel a lot, and London is definitely one of the places. Yeah. That we would like to go to. Hope you make it. You can just, you know, baby friendly out here. You just strap them on your back and go. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of, you know, host and the success that's growing, uh, where was it? The Prince Charles Cinema that's playing the first week they reopened. So talk about how that makes all three of you fail. It's great. Mostly because, like, the Prince Charles Cinema is genuinely the best cinema in the world. Like in in when I'm in LA, like the new Beverly for me is is up there just because I love the kind of the fact they show classic movies, midnight movies. The equivalent in London is the Prince Charles Cinema, which is where Evil Dead first first show showed in in the UK and stuff like that. And they've be, always been so supportive of us. Like when we've played the London Film Festival with all of our shorts, it's always somehow ended up at at, at the Prince Charles Cinema. Like and um, I had a I did a a short film last year called actually no it was this year called Double Tap um, when I produced it and we showed that at the Prince Charles as well and I've done other, other events there and it just it's just so cool and we didn't think this would, host would ever be seen in the cinema because we thought this was a product of, of lockdown but but now we're going to put it in as many cinemas as possible that's my aim Shudder have given me the green lights to do what I want uh, wow. so um, I am and I'm going to put it in every cinema you can imagine that's my aim. That's awesome. Well, what about you, Haley and Emma? How does it make you two feel? I'm so excited. I mean, we've done. I mean, we had a screening uh, multiplex in Scotland, um, but this is like a much bigger cinema, isn't it? And like in London, and if it goes to more cinemas, it's even better. Like, it's just so exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Insane. It's like, I mean, the fact that we get to see ourselves on a big screen is like, that's every actor's dream right there. That's you know? it, yeah. It's the best thing you want to do. And then to see yourself where you're like, oh, you don't blink, you're going to miss me. It's like, we actually, <laughs> we have large roles in this film. And and then the Prince Charles is right in the center of Leicester Square in London and like the heart of Soho. So it's, you know, it's, it's an iconic theater that you could go in so really... You know, can ask for a better place to have the premiere, really. Isn't it Leicester Square? Yeah. Yeah, Leicester yeah, Square, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And then it's just like, it's also a theater. It's one of the, like, the, you know, the few independent cinemas that still exist in the world, which yeah. is so special. Right. Yeah. And they asked us to, to help them reopen because they saw how the popularity of hosts. And obviously they've been shut for a long time, so they need, they need bums on seats. Yeah. So they asked us, like, can we can we show hosts for like a few days? Hopefully, it'll expand to a week or more. And they said, uh, and, well, and we said yes, of course, like, no worries. And Shudder have been so good about every, basically everything is so good. <laughs> like, they're so nice. They're such nice people. It's crazy. That'd be that'd be amazing if you guys came in theaters, especially in America. The last film I saw, I got this. Um, to I don't know if Regal Cinemas up. There, I don't know if that's just a U.S. thing. Yeah, it's just a regal. It's just a chain of uh, movie theaters. Well, I got my wife got me. I love going to the movies, and I was she got me this one year pass for regal as many as I want. And uh, Parasite came out 
for my local theater for a few days. I, that's the last movie I saw. And I'm yeah. th- I know that came out in 2019, but I was just, I know, a year ago. It was in uh, like February. It was only released in February. It was only released in February. Okay. So it's the last film that a lot of people saw here. So, really, the only new film I've seen in the horror genre has been Host. And I got to say, like, I'm not comparing those two, but I'm just trying to make a point. Like, that's the last time I saw a movie in theaters. I would love to see this. I think it'd be really neat. And uh, the, the the funny thing is that it's, it's an interesting comparison with Parasite and Host because we were just on the on the Letterboxd uh, podcast, me and, and Rob, and they said to us, like, we're the most popular film on Letterboxd, and we replaced Parasite, which mm. was, like, top for a long time. And, like, we've replaced Parasite. Parasite's one of the best movies ever made. Oh, oh yeah. I'm right there with you. And yeah. the thing that always gets me is people... I, I, Some guy at work, like, was talking about how he doesn't like reading that movies. And I go, you're missing out on such a great market. A- oh, oh, Asian, yeah. it- Italian films, French, you know, you name it. There's so many other good films. Emma yeah. loves Parasite as well because she, she can speak Korean. Yep. I love Korea. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a world cinema, like... I feel like in lockdown, I've really started, you know, because we started to run out of movies that we haven't seen or that we were interested in seeing. Um, and my partner's a cinematographer, so he was like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this, giving me a bit more of an education. And you just think, like, we get, you know, I'm American. We get so wrapped up in just American films, and you forget there's this beautiful world of cinema out there that there's so much, like, on the one hand, there's so much more creative with storytelling or you know, cinematography or with everything because, you know, there's a different culture driving it. Like, there's an amazing film, um, if you guys haven't heard of it, called The Guilty, which is, uh, I think I think it's Norwegian. I It's like Scandi, but I, I'm not 100% sure, but it is one guy on the phone, and it takes place in, like, um, two rooms in a police precinct, doing, like, a nine, essentially mm. what is a 911 call. Mm. And it's only on him. There is no, like, the vo- it's just voiceovers in the other line and, like, a couple other people in the film with him. And it's an hour and a half, and it's brilliant. Really? That's, yeah, that's better than most Midwest films I've seen lately. Um, the Guilty. And so you just, you know, like, The par- Parasite, The Guilty. We watched um, uh, Pedro Maldivar's, uh The Skin I Live In. Like, there's just so mm-hmm. many cool films out there that we just forget about because they're not in it. Well, yeah. for Mexican filmmaker Guillermo, I'll oh, fuck up his name. Guillermo del Toro, he's my favorite. He's so him and uh, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon. He he did Okja. He did yeah. Parasite. He did The Host. He did The Host. Yeah, yeah. the bastard. Forget that one. This is this is the thing with 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 the name like. It's be it's always me who picks the name as well, um, and I get really like, I get really like fixated on it. Like I'm like, this is the name. We're not changing it. Um, and I think I'm quite good at coming up with like one word names. And I think because I think originally the very first thing we thought of was just to call it seance, just because we wanted to come up with the most generic, simple thing ever. So anytime anyone thinks of a seance, they'll think of the film. Um, that's my theory on, on things like that. Like with Salt, I was just like, it has to be called Salt because, like, oh, but there's an Angelina Jolie film called Salt. Like, it has to be called Salt because we want people to see Salt and then think of the film. So right. with Host, it's got multiple meanings. So obviously she's the host of the meeting. Yep. A host is also 
like a, a possession thing where you're the host of, of an evil entity. And there's multiple other things you, you can, you can bring into it. There's like the, the host of Christ, which do, which is like the body of Christ, which this has like almost some, some religious undertones as well. There's I thought it was a, a nod to, to the film Ghost that we watched like a week before you wrote it. There's that as well, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. The thing is, <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, like, love what? That. Love What's that? What? Yeah, so we I watched... Love, we, I love those. We had this, like, uh, quarantine movie club where we watched Netflix parties of, like, classics, mm-hmm. and we watched Ghost, and we all cried. Everyone was like, oh, my God, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a week later, they were like, yeah, we're making this film called Host. I was like, wow, that's because of Ghost, isn't it? And everyone was like, yeah, no. Uh, but, no, but that's just a nice coincidence. But the... Um, yeah, so w- there were there was a little bit of um, push and pull between the the, the producer having to get, to make sure we we get the name host. We're allowed to use the name host, but I was like, if we're not if we don't use the name host, throw the film in the bin because like I'm so set on it being called host. I'm very much like that. Just throw it in the bin. I don't want anything to do with it. Like unless it's like <laughs> this. Like I'm really like bad with things like that. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, man, I'm a I'm a writer, and I get it. I'm like that with titles of characters. And I heard that the creators of Back to the Future were like that about the Delorean. The writers were about that with the Delorean. They right. wanted, I think, the producers wanted like a newer, you know, nicer looking car, and they're like, nope, Delorean. And now yeah. look at it, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, so intrinsically linked with that film. Yeah. Um, it's like filmmakers know. What, it's like they get a gut feeling about something and it's usually right. Yeah. And it's just, just lucky, like, it, there, there were times that people would probably question, like, decisions that me and, me and Rob make, but those people, like, few and far between, I think people just trust us now. Like, if we're so intent on doing something, if we say, honestly, this will be cool, like, now we can kind of get it done and, like, in the last, even in the last few days, we've just said, okay, just to certain companies, Trust us, like just trust us. See what we did with host, and um, it's just everything's a lot easier now. I think. Um, well, you hooked up with one of the biggest. I think it's arguably the biggest uh, horror distributor. They got their own network that is very successful. Um, and my and Brennan's world, which is it's a horror community, but mainly in the book world, we also explore in the movie. Uh, well, that's really as far as we go. And then, like, comic book writers, graphic designer, uh, graphic novelists. But it's mainly in the book industry. And I'm reading Survivor Song at the moment, by the way. I was about to bring up there are three yeah. people that I saw talk about hosts. That is Christopher, all three authors Christopher Golden, Paul Tremblay, and uh, Joe Hill. They all raved about it, which is why I watched it. It's crazy. And, like, I'm a big fan of Paul Tremblay. And. I I saw that he'd watch Host, and I was like, "Paul, oh, like your book, uh, Head Full of Ghosts, scared the living shit out of me." I said it on the Necronomicon <laughs> podcast, and after he listened to that, like he was like, "Do you want to zoom?" So like me, me and Paul Tremblay, we zoomed. It was so cool, and he was just asking me all these questions about Host, and I was asking all these questions about Head Full of Ghosts, and I was like, "Paul, like if if that movie deal falls apart for Head Full of Ghosts, give it to me, man. Like I've got ideas." <laughs> I was saying that. I was like, "Honestly, just trust me." Just, let, let me and Rob have it. We'll like. Uh, uh, no, Robert Downey Jr.'s got Iron Man. You guys got a head full of ghosts. <laughs> uh, love- you're a proven commodity, man. It's true. I would love to do a head full of ghosts. It's, it's Hayley, if you read this book, it is, and Emma, it's the scariest book I've, I've ever read, or one of them. Just, 
So to, to sit to, to speak to the guy and for him to be so like nice and down to earth is is crazy. He's from uh, where me and Brennan are both from Massachusetts. He's from the town that one of my closest friends live, closest friend lives in, and um, one of his books takes place in this park where I went all the time. This is before um, I, it's a park in uh, town disappearance called, of the the park or the book. Oh yeah, wait, I'm disappearance of Devil's Rock. Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah. I love all of his books. His face is going to slam into the uh, camera now. <laughs> no, so yesterday we were recording an episode and uh, the guest was going in and out of her background. And that's what we said because it, it creeped us out, me and Brian. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to my earlier point. I said this this thing really, you know, got into my psyche. So I'm, you know, <laughs> watching this person talking about uh, editing and, you know, finding repeated words that people overuse, something not scary at all, completely unrelated. I'm like, oh, oh she's my. Welsh. You have to say, Throne, she's also of their, you know, the similar, uh, similar dialect, because she sounds English, not Welsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, she's going to be talking, and all of a sudden she's going to disappear, and she's going to come back just way too fast. Slam, 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 slam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we've scarred you now from any sort of Skype calls. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought of that effect? Because that. Me. That was awesome. That was great. Like, I, I, I think so. Right at the start, me and Rob just thought of the best ways to, to kill our friends, essentially. And for that one, for that one, <laughs> I was like, wouldn't it? Because it, it just starts how it always starts. Me and Rob were just like, what's the coolest thing we could do in a horror movie? Like, and it's almost like we work backwards. We, we do the kills first, and then we work out how they all tie into each other. Um. So yeah, for, for that one. We were just like, okay, our friend Eros, who's also an actor and director, he he's the first person I saw at the start of lockdown doing the Zoom backgrounds where he filmed himself and then it repeats in the background while he while he's in front of it, etc. So I thought, okay, that's that's interesting. We could do something on that. And then we just thought, because Caroline's so so sweet, like it would be the worst thing in the world if we gave that to Caroline to smash her face on the keyboard. But also <laughs> before that, we we make we make you go closer and closer into to the screen because you put those gobbledygook messages that come up, go bleep, bleep, bleep. So you're trying to see, what do they say? What do they say? And then I she comes to find up. I stood up yeah. off my couch to look at that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm really, really interested in like the anatomy of the scare and I break them down and every film I watch, I'm like, how did that, why is that so good? Why is that scare so, so good? And it's usually the case where you have to do the correct foreshadowing and you have to earn the scare and you do that by making people care about the characters and I think in the in the first act of this when they're all just like before the seance you get to know these characters so so well and you get to see as if you're one of the one of their friends and just watching their call and and, and getting to know them and, and I think that's just down to the, the the greatness of of the actors and and yeah we're just so lucky that we, we had a good bunch of friends really could act. It's like a perfect storm. It really is. Um, I used to work b- before they completely went under. I used to work at a uh, video chain, and you know when you work at a video chain, you get all the free rentals you'd like. So you know between 2006 yeah. and 2010 ish, uh, I-, I saw every B straight to video horror movie that <laughs> in existence, and there are some <laughs> god awful ones. You guys, I'm sure know. Oh, well, um, shit. But what what just the amount of 
detail that that went into into hosts is what you know one of the key elements that just made it work like like you said it's not just oh man we're gonna take this uh girl's face and slam it into but you know the planning of the background the message is to draw the viewer in it's not it's not as simple as we're really gonna fuck this girl's day up it's you know we've got to we've got yes yeah because you see her put that that mask on in that t-zone mask and take it off and it's and it's foreshadowing the fact that her face is going to look like that, like when she dies. I had a, I had a comment which I I was watching again today or yesterday, which is really sad. I've watched it like <laughs> ten times. <laughs> That's great. But, um, you know how at the end where the pictures come up and they disappear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of got this almost a clue in, in our pictures how we die because I've got wings and I kind of fly out the window. Rodina's right. laying on the ground, and obviously she's on the what? ground, dragged back. And Caroline, her face is like, she's pulling a sort of <gasps> face. And like, really? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, that yeah, that was, that was totally intentional. <laughs> <laughs> My room team that. that a lot. <laughs> but obviously, the, obviously, there's so many theories going around about everything. Like, who's to blame? Is it Gemma? Is it Haley? Is it Salem? Um, and like, to be, to be quite honest, like, we purposely left a few things ambiguous. Some of it was intentional. Some of it was because we just didn't have enough time, really, because we did this so fast. Um, so a lot of the subtext that have been, that's being brought into it from, from, from the fans is great because it makes sense. But a lot of the things we didn't think of ourselves, to, to, to be completely honest, um, obviously we, we did put some Easter eggs in there and we put in a lot of things for you to like notice, but like, some of the theories are almost better than the, than the real thing. Like, <laughs> I love it. But it almost takes on the vibe of an urban legend in that, guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like I that. Lo- that's yeah. Great. But that's, that's the thing. Like, so we're, we're being compared a lot to like the, the Blair Witch and obviously like Dread Central said, the scariest movie of the decade, as, as important as the Blair Witch. That's, I mean, that's crazy because Blair Witch, is impossible to be. That's that's the standard for me. That's right at the top. So to even be in the same sentence as someone who as the saying the Blair Witch is in, is incredible. Um, and we took a lot of the beats from Blair Witch. We took a lot of the the fact that they use their real names, uh, the way we wrote it, how we we basically wrote a seventeen page beat sheet, how we drip fed the actors only what they needed to know, um, how Rob used scares before like the start of their day in order to get them in the mood um just 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 stuff like that and stuff that we learned from watching every single documentary about every fan footage movie watching every fan footage movie ever seeing the mistakes and there are a lot of them there are only there are only about five good good well done fan footage movies um so yeah we just try to learn from the best which one of them is lake mungo as well i don't know if you guys saw lake Lake Mungo, really underrated movie um, about these parents that lose their child young, and it's just it's document it's a doc- documentary about grief. But suddenly you start to see the, the image of the dead girl in like these old pictures coming closer and closer and closer, and then you you see videos that you've already watched and you see that she's in the corner of the video, and it's just so terrifying, spooky. But then by the end, it does something crazy where it, it makes 
it turns your scare your your fear upside down and makes you really feel sorry for and for 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 the girl who died like in a way which maybe the ring doesn't um but yeah so we try to use some of those elements like for instance when caroline dies you see her video loop again so that video is almost like a, her ghost almost and it's so tragic that she's dead but her friend has to still watch her go through her motions and it's kind of tragic but um kind that of was, cool. oh. that was really haunting and for yeah. me i can't speak for brennan but for me uh, as I, as you all three know, I think I said I don't really know how to use Zoom, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't put together the whole forty minute thing until after I heard an interview with you guys with you and Haley. Okay. I didn't I didn't understand the background thing, but it still works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I didn't expect it, and to see your friend like you said over and over again, you know she's dead. That's insane. Sorry. Well, one of the great things about the, the, the accent these girls is they genuinely didn't know how their friends were going to die because we filmed all, all, all the deaths first they weren't allowed to talk to each other about how they died the scripts were redacted so they never saw it so when you see the reactions to some of those deaths it's the real reactions and I think that's like best demonstrated when Emma is watching Teddy die because so Emma, in Emma's head like and correct me if I'm wrong Emma like this is a Zoom movie. This is a movie shot on Zoom with friends. You would never expect Ginny and Teddy's deaths to happen in this film because you think it's a Zoom movie. And that's why I like people going in thinking it's unfriended and showing it something different. So Emma had to sit there and watch two people that she's friends with die and almost for real because there's no explanation of how we could, we could have done those stunts really. Um, so it's crazy so well, what, what, how did you guys feel about how we went about um, doing that yeah it was really helpful because obviously we had the surprise obviously you're only going to be surprised like the first take um, and then you have to keep doing it but that's only movie but like it was really helpful because normally you don't get to see what you're reacting to on a movie set I mean you do if it's a play obviously um, mm-hmm. But we got to see like the edited product on the screen in front of us to react to. So, and it obviously because we didn't know what that was going to be, it made it more surprising. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very unique and it was really fun. Yeah. I keep saying fun, but it seems a bit twisted. But like, <laughs> it was it was fun. Yeah. yeah, the thing too was just like it felt like we were almost doing um, more of a play. As as Caroline and I were talking about this earlier. And she brought up how it felt like the way we shot it felt like we were doing a play versus, but it was film medium where we got to kind of run long scenes. We got to see the full action of something like as Emma was saying, you normally, you know, that would have been put in in post or it would have been someone on a green screen or you would have seen all the wires and, and cabling and stuff that went involved with the stunts. But because we went, well, one, we shot all that stuff first. So our amazing VFX supervisor, Steve Gray, was able to then, you know, quickly kind of do a quick paint job and get everything out of there. So that, like, for us as actors, it's so dreamy to have something to actually react to. And then it, you know, makes our job that, you know, a little bit easier that when you do see Caroline's face come, come <laughs> through the screen, you know, you have to do that take 10 different times. It's not like I'm having to imagine what she might look like and how, and how terrible that'll be and how sad it is. It's like every time it comes through, my heart is breaking because she's so tragic. Yeah. Um, but it was, 
it was, I think that was one of the more clever things that you guys, you, Jed and Rob did, um, during the filming process to kind of enhance the whole experience. And, and then I think that, I think that's why some of it comes out so well is because it was, you know, the attention to detail was there from the very beginning. How'd you pull off Teddy's, uh, how did that happen? Cause I know that he gets lit on fire and that's a real fire. How did you guys pull that off? Human sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, we have to. I was it asking him like yesterday. It he, he like a, he's had to. So Teddy and um, and Ginny are both stunt performers, uh, you know, as act as well as actors, and so they are trained to do everything crazy like that. And Teddy is trained to be able to have himself lit on fire. It's a protective gel that you would put oh, on on yeah. yourself. So you you know it's not like we're lighting his actual skin on fire, but it is still extremely dangerous because you know obviously. It's a live flame. The gel can't. It's not like it protects yeah. ever. I asked him about this yesterday, and he said, "If there's any bubbles, you have to like prick it with a pin." Oh wow! What in the gel? Yeah, otherwise it would like pop and like burn your skin. Oh wow! Yeah, of course. So, and also, we wanted that fire to creep up him as well. We wanted just to be like even more spookier. Um, but yeah, and like we just got lucky that because all of us are friends, but the only person we did. We didn't know Ginny and Teddy because we had those stunts in mind before they came on and we just needed to find people who do it. And I wanted to set one of the girls on fire and for one of the girls to have... <laughs> I did. Hey, what? Yeah, That's no, a I, great sound clip. <laughs> I did. I did. I was, and like they were saying, oh no, we have to, it has to be someone. I was like, no, it's better if we set one of the girls on fire and it's better if they go up and into the sky and break their neck and stuff. And then... Uh, uh, producer Dougie, because like I'm, I'm, all I'm thinking is what's best for the film, and I know these, these ladies would be would have been up for it if we asked them. I'm sure if we train them, health we and safety, etc., etc. I'm just <laughs> thinking that it's like if someone listens to the show at that point, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm fine to no. I, I wanted to set them on fire. Um, and <laughs> double down. <laughs> It's strange. It's just because that's what's best for the movie. But yeah. then we luck because because we couldn't even imagine that we'd find a stunt performer who could act as well as Teddy does. Right. So we would have we would have we needed a guy just to have that. We just needed someone to be a bit of a dick basically to join the group and and to also have a little bit of uh, a story for Caroline to bounce off the fact that it's her ex boyfriend. These ladies know him from other things. Emma worked with him somewhere. And the just to have just to have someone who can act that good, who, who can perform the stunts as well, is just so lucky. In fact, this entire production we just lucked out with all the people we got. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Had, like, I would say because you know he jumped in our dynamic as friends, and like the all you know, Caroline, Regina, Emma, and Gemma, and I have all known each other for years, and we have a tight knit friendship. And Teddy had to just be thrown into that. And it's like one of those, you know, like you could sink or swim there. And I think within yeah. the first three seconds of him jumping on the Zoom call to say hi to us, we were all in love with him and just being like, yeah. I feel like I've known him for years. He's such a cool <laughs> dude. He's great. He's, he was fun. And I like how there's a guy in it because it's usually like a bunch of guys and and one girl. So that was cool. I like the puppet scene because I was like, holy shit, is a ghost fucking with him with a puppet? <laughs> So we, we put a few red herrings in there, just because just horror fans think they know everything, which, and sometimes they do. <laughs> so 
so because we were foreshadowing a lot, shadowing a lot, we thought, okay, we've got to put a puppet in just so people think Teddy's going to be killed by a puppet later. Um, and also, we asked what they had around in the house, and Teddy in his house, and that's his real house, the family's house. He had a puppet, so we're like, we've got to throw that in, and it just comes back genius later on. Um, but also, it kind of alludes to the fact that someone there is a puppet master who is controlling this whole situation, but you don't know who it is. Is it Haley? Is it Gemma? Is it Salem? Um, yeah. And the other, the other effect that I don't know how the fuck you pulled this off, the full scene. How'd you do that? <laughs> so, so before we ever even thought about host, there were two things I wanted to do in a film. One of them was a full body burn. And me and Rob were going to set ourselves on fire, actually, and film it and put it online just to do a, a viral video. You love so, fire. You're not kidding. That was history. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because it's f- fire and, and human skin is is not meant to be together. So, like, we <laughs> thought it would kind of like be cool. Um, so that was one thing we wanted to do, no matter what. And then the second thing is every project me and Rob do, I pitch him a levitation thing. I'm like, any film we do, I was like, there needs to be a levitation here. And he's like, what? Why? <laughs> and I, just, I just think it's cool because film and cinema is all about illusion and magic and things that you can't do in real life. So to have something that that would kind of push people's expectations of what a found footage movie is um, and what you can do on Zoom as well, because people go into this thinking it's unfriended and they, they come out with a completely different mindset. There's no way anyone would think we would be able to levitate someone that high off the ground in one shot as well into the middle of the pool net breaks fall down and the way we did it is um we have a great stunt team called lucky 13 who managed to rig it so it's safe we used uh jenny is a stunt person anyway luckily and a great actress so she she could do all those stunts and then we have a great vfx people who managed to to kind of like make it look real and it looks crazy real stunt people and even the vfx people are fantastic on this yeah yeah, yeah. Emma, your death was just... Oh, yeah, Emma's death. Emma's death was... I didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. She flew really well. (laughs) Hence the wings. Emma has, like, just a whole sequence. Like, Emma, how was it, like, filming that whole thing of your demise? Um, Yeah, like, very fun. (laughs) I mean, everybody keeps asking me, like, how did you fall through your bench? Obviously, it wasn't me. Now we know. Um... I kind of wish it was though, like it seems kind of fun. Um, but yeah, no, really fun and really unique it being my house because I think I had four or five different houses that were my house in the film. So it was like a lot of different people doing some of those bits for me, like the flower was Rob and um, obviously the bench was Ginny, right? No, that's Anna. Anna. That was Anna, yeah. yeah. I was talking to her about this yesterday. I knew, I knew that. I'm tired. <laughs> Sorry. I'm talking to some people, yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah, and we good. have Anna. Anna's when Emma gets lifted up into the air on her stairs. That's Anna who gets dropped, um, and then Anna, Emma goes into her room and then she throws the blanket over the ghost and stuff. Um, Was my dad underneath that? Sorry. Wasn't your dad the um, the oh, yeah. the throw the blanket on for the ghost? Yeah. So my stepdad was standing in at, at the beginning, and then. <laughs> Like Rob would be like, come forward, come cl- like come towards Emma, and he'd be like, now, now, like it wasn't working. Yeah. So we used a mannequin, which I just happily 
handed handily had around the house. That's such yeah. a mouthful. Um, yeah. So I had to like maneuver it in and out of my bedroom door between every single take, and I literally did it probably like 150 times before yeah. number one. Um. So yeah, that was a workout. <laughs> that was that, my quarantine that workout. That creeped me out. That was so. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it's in my kitchen, man. <laughs> I, I think that's get... such. Oh, sorry, Emma, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, every time I go downstairs to, like, get a drink in the middle of the night, it's beside my fridge. Oh, oh, no. um, and if I accidentally knock it, I feel like I have to apologise to it because I'm so scared <laughs> it's going to kill me or something. <laughs> I think that uh, the throwing the blanket scene is, is again, a, such a testament to the, the acting and just basically the amount of thought and craft that went into, you know, every scene. Because when when Emma's going to throw the blanket, I know that it's going <laughs> to land on a humanoid shape. Yep. And it still scared the absolute <laughs> hell out of me. Uh, yep. You know, the same thing with, like, the last, you know, five seconds of the movie. I mm-hmm. know that, you know, eventually that flash is going to go off and it's going <laughs> to show me something, you know, nightmare-inducing, but it didn't matter, you know? It still scared the hell out of me. It's even still got a countdown. Me. There's even a countdown in the, in the corner of the screen saying. I didn't notice that on the first try. Yeah. You know, same here. I, I thought I'm like, okay, I think I, I bet it's three. He's gonna go. No, it's not three. Okay, maybe no. Oh shit, five. Um. <laughs> yeah. The mask scene, the floated mask. For yeah. me, why it works so well is because it's just like it's a longer shot than I expected, and that mm-hmm. does. Wonders because you're going, it's not a filter. And if I saw this in real life, I'm just, my brain is having chills run through it. I'm trying to understand what's happening, and I don't. And I, I want to run. I <laughs> that, if you, that's the one thing, if that happened in your house, that that's the scariest thing. Um, and we, we, because I'm always having to go at Emma for, like, always using filters for things. Because, like, she's, like, Emma's <laughs> Emma's like a, an amazing singer, right? But when yep. she posts videos of her singing on on her Instagram, she's always put she always puts a silly filter on her face. I'm just like Emma, like people want to see you sing, like they don't want to see this filter. And like it was kind of like a running joke between me and, and this is really. I'm always going, Emma, why are you using this filter? But now she's like really known for it. So we kind of wanted the filter to be like filter. Part like, of my identity. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And that, that, you've probably seen that, that filter is from Alice Sweet Alice, the, uh, 70 slasher film. Um, we, we use, we use the, the slasher's face basically. Is that from the 70s, that movie? I have no idea. Yeah. It's Brooke Shields' first, first movie when she was like 13, 12, I think. Um, but yeah, and, I mean, again, like, it's me, me and Rob, we just talk about horror films all the time, so we already had all of the set pieces in place. We had all the deaths with the scares it's almost like yeah it's very easy we just had to put into a coherent story and we had that with the, with, with the seance and as soon as we knew it was going to be a zoom seance everything else kind of like fit into place um yeah but obviously we didn't know it would become the film it is and now now everyone seems feels like it's obvious oh yeah of course there's a horror movie film on zoom of course it is yeah and of course it's good because everyone uses zoom but like when we announced it only about three weeks ago Everyone was like, "Why would I watch a movie in Zoom? This is the worst idea ever. This is stupid." And, like the comments on like Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central underneath the announcement was just like, "This is gonna fail. This is gonna fail. Rob Savage is gonna fail and stuff like that." And we're 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. The number one film on, on Letterboxd. That that 
it's crazy, and it's just justification that everything we thought was was, was kind of right. That's that is amazing, and fuck all those people that thought they knew what they were talking about. People, yeah, good for you for not going straight to Twitter and writing "suck it." Seriously, never, 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 never let them see it again. Never let them see it again. You see that happen all the time. People react to what they think something's going to be, not yeah. what they saw, not the product. They react to what they perceive it to maybe be. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So, so it, within the horror book community, we love it when. I mean, I can attest to being in a horror book where I thought it was great, and my character doesn't die, but Brennan's in it too. And <laughs> from this Australian, uh, Brit- British Australian author named Alan Baxter, not sure if you're familiar with that name, but he wrote a book this year called The Rue, and it's a killer kangaroo. It goes oh. insanely berserk. It's like fun B movie, sl- like gory fun. That sounds great. He wrote about me and a bunch of other reviewers and, like I said, Brennan and other authors, and we just love it. So, like, I was only teasing when I was like, yo, you love fire, because we, we do that shit, too. I wrote about one of my friend, uh her head was cut off and her body was left in a tree or something. She goes, that's awesome. Like, we yeah. <laughs> we encourage it, because it's, it's a healthy outlet. And yeah. I'm just... I'm curious if you guys have received any negative feedback in the sense where someone might have that old bullshit mentality that it's gonna, you know, rot someone's brain or something crazy. I I don't pay attention. I mean, we've got nearly unanimously positive stuff. Obviously, you're gonna get a few people who haven't seen the movie who's like, "Why is this got 100 percent?" Blah blah blah. Just watch it, mate. Just 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 watch it and have a look. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Maybe you'll like the next one. But um, and you all you always get trolls like today. There was this troll, and he was actually making me laugh quite a lot because he's got zero followers and he's following zero people. So it was created just a troll host, right? It was one of probably someone we know, and they they, <laughs> they, were, they were trolling Rob first, and like and Rob Rob yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't ever react to that, so he just Rob blocked straight away. And then they came on to me and was like, "Oh, your your friend Rob Savage, like he can't take criticism." I was I was saying how bad host was, and he blocked me. I was like, what do you expect, man? I didn't answer, but then I just, just, just blocked them as well. But, but they I think they did 47 separate tweets about how bad host was. Wow. That's parallel to something that we're experienced on the book end of things. There was someone that posted, I can't tell who's full of shit and who's trying to get a reaction anymore. I can't <laughs> tell who really thinks and is sincere with certain comments, uh, especially when, in America, we got a, a clown for a leader. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to tell what's real. But mm-hmm. this one person wrote, I don't write two or three star reviews. I, you know, I think you should reach out, track down that author, and message them and tell them why you didn't like their book. Like, no. No, that's a bad idea. Agreed. No one wants to hear your opinion on that. Like, they wrote it. They liked the book. Yeah. Well, you, what you guys did was, as a group of friends, make something you guys like. That's who it matters to the most. That's how it should be. And then it goes to us. And if we like it, great. If we don't, shut the fuck up. <laughs> good point. Go make your own. Very good point. Yeah. Just, a, sorry, go really ahead. Lucky. No, we're just really lucky that the thing we made is something that other people like, too, because it could have really been a lot different. Um, yeah. I think love is the more accurate word with this one. I I love the film. A lot of people love the film because it's just it's it's great and 
there hasn't been a whole lot of horror that I've experienced this year that has pulled me in. Like I said, Parasite was the last new horror film that I saw that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma, I'm curious about one thing. I haven't seen this episode, but I did see that you were in The Crown. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. She's great in it. Yeah. I mean, that was three years ago now, um, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, How, I got what was that like? 1950s. Uh, I was on an old bus, which was very loud, um, and I was kind of having to like shout on the bus. And the director was like, "Louder, please!" <laughs> she was really lovely. Um, and yeah, so I was almost having to shout my lines in this old Rootmaster bus, like set in the 1950s. And like, it's obviously a massive budget TV show, so every single detail was done to the T. Like they had newspapers, fake newspapers, a whole stand of these fake newspapers, like a whole city of like extras. And um, the bus, everything was accurate to the time and to this tiny little scene that I was in. But it was brilliant. It's such a fantastic uh, job. And I just feel really lucky that I got to do that. That's really cool. And then, Haley, you were also in a big one. The one that I saw is Angel Has Fallen. Like, what was that? What was that like? Uh, Similar, I think, to Emma's. Like, that was, at the time, was the biggest films that I had been on, and I got to play, um, I was a White House aide, and so one, I was with, like, you know, Gerard Butler is there, and Morgan Freeman is there, and, like, these actors, like, I remember, you know, I'm in the, they recreated the Oval Office to, like, perfectly, um, or what I imagine, because I will probably never be in the real Oval Office, let's be real. Um, (laughs) That's okay. Data dream. Um, and yeah, yeah better dreams. Like, you know, it's like bizarre walking into this as you know, as American, um, being in an English set, and you're just like, oh my god, this is so cool. Every little element of it is is done perfectly. So the art department, and then of course, just being with these outrageous movie stars. You know, like I remember I was um, in. A, I wasn't in a scene in the end because they didn't they didn't need me, but they let me. You know, they were like, oh, can you come be in an extra scene? Um, and I knew they were like, it's for you know, scene five or whatnot. And I knew Morgan Freeman was in that scene. And I just was like, oh, my God, be cool. Be cool. cool, cool. <laughs> and he came in and he's, you know, he's he's getting on right now. but And he has no reason to speak to me. And I was just, it's like one of those weird, you're like, don't make eye contact. Because you don't want him to know that you think he's the coolest. But also, like, just... This is a professional set. Like you can't fangirl out. And I just remember that's like brilliant. Like looking at him out of the corner of my eye and trying to like really hoping and praying he'd come over and say hello to me. And, and oh. he did he say hello? He didn't. But he's also like he's getting into character. He's like he is acting. Yeah. <laughs> he's not just saying. You're the total opposite of me. If I see a movie star, I'm there in their face asking them how they are. How how do you, do you have any advice for me? But I met Anthony Hopkins. Um, <laughs> they didn't take a picture of me. When they're like in their 80s, you kind of feel like you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like Gerard Butler is really kind and he he's lovely and, and got to chat with him a bunch. Um, and just, yeah, just being on the sets like that is so, so fun. It's what you, you know, as a little kid when you want to play pretend and then you go to drama school and you think, oh, one day I'm going to be an actor. And, and then you get, you know, past you get to, you know, put on these things where, you know, it is playing pretend. Like, as a small child, it's the best job ever. For yeah. sure. Um, I got one random ridiculous question. I hope I'm the only one that has ever asked you this, Haley. But can you imagine if 
at one point after you walk away from that set, you just hear narration by Morgan Freeman, no matter what you do. <laughs> and you're, you're like, oh, I want to talk to him. And then Haley talks to Morgan Freeman. Oh, <laughs> that's a great movie. Can't write it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I did get to talk to his assistant for a while. He's a lovely man. And uh, he, as they were waiting for him to finish, and I was like... <laughs> Like, well, is Morgan going to come out anytime soon? Does he want to hang out? Does, does he want to, like, we go get lunch together? Does he eat crafty? I don't know. <laughs> and actually, I want to say this is also, I've recently started watching The Wire. Um, the biggest regret of my entire life right now is, so um, Lance Reddick is also an Angel's Fallen, who is um, Lieutenant Daniels from The Wire. If you guys watch The Wire at all, I've seen it. And I hadn't seen The Wire before this and I've watched it in lockdown and I just I remember um, Lance walked past me as you know we were in between trailers and said hello and I I knew like okay you're in the film I know you're a bigger actor cool but I, I've never seen <laughs> I just said oh hi and like the, I'm like oh you idiot why didn't <laughs> why didn't you salute why didn't you ask him about like The Wire why aren't you why didn't you do anything if I could go back in time I think I would oh, I, for that, even than Morgan Freeman giving me a, a hug. <laughs> Lance, he, he's got an he's got an excellent voice as well. Oh, he's brilliant. He's yeah. yeah, and he's just he's still like you know the wire was what like eighteen years ago it started fifteen years ago and he still looks just as perfect as yeah. he did then. He's so cool. And, and Patrick, before we move on, I would definitely throw out that your Morgan Freeman voice sounds way more like Richard Nixon than Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I should have uh, done a spoiler. I'm not an actor, and uh, I'll stick to trying to write books, because I can't even imitate goddamn Morgan Freeman. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I can't either, so... <laughs> I don't feel better, but okay. thank you. <laughs> um, and then I just want to ask uh, Jed about Slashed. I saw David Grohl's in that, who is one of the coolest rock and rollers ever. Please tell no, us about that. Hardly anyone talks about Slash, but like it seems like you and your mates like talk about Slash, which is which is great. Um, we're wakers, so we're you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure if that film's gonna gonna come out. To be honest, like what? it's 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 obviously got full of like the coolest people doing the weirdest stuff, but we don't really have a start for the film. We don't really have an ending for the film. It was is 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 chaos. That film's chaos. It's got so many famous people in it. It's stupid as well. It's just really stupid. And, and I, I wrote it, but like, I wrote it to be like, I didn't even really try. And it's like, to be quite honest, and it's stupid. And, and like, there's, a, there's a big kind of, there's a lot of people that want to see it, basically, obviously. A lot of the Coldplay's fan base, Foo Fighters fan base, just loads of different fan bases that want to see it. But because we don't have a start and an end, we can't really release it in the format that we like. So what we probably do is probably do a documentary about it because it's so crazy. It's probably better as a talking head podcast. Like, why the hell did you do this film to Dave Grohl? And or you could what? put me and Haley and the rest of the girls and create this like weird, I don't know, like daydream. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys hit your heads, and all of a sudden you're in, in slashed. Look, man, all I heard was head in podcasts, so if you were talking about us, you can come on with David Grohl and the girls anytime. <laughs> it's like on Mobile oh, too. You, Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shameless. Sorry. Yeah. But, like, but, like, it's, it's, it's so cool because, like, um, it, there are some really cool stuff in it, like like uh, Chris Martin, he really gets into it, and he, 
like they flew me to LA to like write it like backstage while they were like touring and stuff. So I got to kind of like live this weird life for like a little bit. And um, and he plays a character called Sherlock Bones, which is just ridiculous. And like he almost forced me to write that because I got there and he went to me. Okay, Jed. Um, I decided my character would be called Sherlock Bones, and he and he genuinely had a pipe in his mouth at that time as well. I'm not sure. And then he, uh, and you then you can't say uh, no. I couldn't say no, and he <laughs> and he says, "I would like. I really want to chop up Johnny. I really want to chop him up. So can you can you write that I chop him up?" <laughs> and at that point, Johnny was playing his sidekick. It didn't really make any sense. Um, and then they just go around solving the supernatural murder from this weird murdered bride it is just the most ridiculous movie ever and there's just loads of famous people Weezer's in it as well and we had Snoop Dogg in it playing God Snoop God yeah. and um <laughs> yeah we did I've never heard of this I like oh yeah like, I'll tell you about it one day it's it's, it's crazy that's what you ever heard of it um, but like this is weird like we, Snoop, Snoop Dogg said he'd be in it so he his people emailed me a like roughly what he wanted to do and I was like okay and this film was ridiculous at this point don't forget I wish he wrote it as a 15 minute short and it, and then and then all these people wanted to be in it I was like this is just stupid and then so like he sees Snoop Dogg he's a multi 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 millionaire and he was like I'll do it for five grand I'm like five grand that's that's you you would use that to wipe your nose Snoop Dogg why do you want five grand from this movie that's no one's got any money in it and uh, so that's why he didn't play God in the end, and we replaced him with a member of Weezer. Um, and it's just all this crazy. Oh, there's just one story I'll quickly tell you. We had Robbie, Will- you know Robbie Williams from Take That. Yep. Do you know the band Take That? I that's don't know who Take That is. Is this boy band? He, uh, he, he, boy we, band. we know him better um, from his like solo stuff, which is actually like 15 yeah. years ago, um, Millennium yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. So, they made it here. You know, he never made it in America, but he wanted to get into acting at one point, and he he wanted to be in it. So I wrote him this scene where he does a se- weirdly where he does a seance, and and honestly, it's the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, right? And this is no joke. The documentary for this film is going to be. I love mad. Emma's laugh over that. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. And this story I've not said before as well. So on, on any podcast. So I wrote a seance. It was between the band Ash and Robbie Williams, and it was meant to be all these murders were happening, and they were just like chilling backstage, and they decided to do a seance to try and figure out why these things are happening. And so I was in London, and I I just sent the script to them to to record to do with Robbie Williams and Ash. And then so like the next day I was like, did you guys film it? And and they were like, there was no answer. And I was like, Mark, based from Ash, Mark, did you film it? No answer. Like it was calling them. What what's happened? And about a week later, um, I got a message from Mark saying we had to we filmed it, but we had to delete the footage because something happened during the séance and it was really bad. And Robbie refuses to he doesn't want this released. Um, and some yeah. And Mark, who's my main friend from Ash, he apparently got possessed. He refused to join the band on stage for the for a bunch of their shows. And their management was blaming me for like some of their tour dates messed up because I made them do a seance, right? What? This is all true. This is all true. And then, um, well, I was like, it's really important that we, we, we film this. So we need to film it again. So they filmed it again, but without Robbie Williams, they used, do you remember Dash, Dashboard Confessional? Yes. 
yeah, from the eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dashboard Confessional was doing a some kind of like festival or something, and we just needed anyone. And he was a little bit, he wasn't cool anymore. Well, well, he he basically stepped in for Robbie Williams just because he oh, was. Oh, Chris Caraba will always be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just this weird movie um, that no one's really seen. We showed twenty minutes of it about five years ago to people. Just to, just to see if there's any interest, and there's loads of interest. But yeah, it's weird. It's a very wait, weird. Wait, wait, wait. So you have a film somewhere where Robbie Williams gets possessed? Yeah, but like in the it, real life. Yeah, but almost all of that of his stuff is deleted because we refilmed it with someone else. So you deleted it? Are you mad? No, I didn't delete it. They deleted it because something happened and someone got possessed. Apparently. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, you're making me rethink this live seance next week. <laughs> <laughs> not joking. So, yeah. I, we're, doing, it's fine. We're, doing a, we're doing a seance on, on Friday with Slash Film. So so know? that's why we never heard uh, heard anything after Millennium from Robbie Williams? <laughs> so, Jen, let me just... Uh, sorry, Haley, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to make a joke that it was because of Jed, it wasn't because it was terrible. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, one thing, guys, I, I, I do have another podcast to jump onto in, in, in like, ten minutes or something. Um, so, sorry, I'll well, jump off quite semi-soon. No worries. No yeah. worries. I just got one question. You yeah. said you were barely even trying, if that, and somehow you got... I Just one of those people would be like, holy shit, Dave Grohl, Snoop Dogg, Weezer... All the others. So, okay, and you don't want to release it. Why don't you make a film about making a shitty film that makes no sense or whatever? <laughs> that's that's exactly what that I think we should do. And all the fit, we've got all the footage, and I, I personally think so. The band Ash have the footage in a vault, and they've best been waiting until I do something that's noteworthy until like they release it. And I think this probably counts. So, um, I'll be talking to them surely. To see if we can like release it in some form. Do you know it, it's a license to print money? That that footage we've got It's unbelievable. The stuff we've got. Well, now uh, I know we, that Snoop Dogg costs five grand. Like that's <laughs> going to be my next birthday if I if I do well this year. <laughs> yeah, but it was that's just for him to play God though, surrounded by beautiful beautiful girls. That and it, it, he just literally had to sit there and say like two lines. Um, but yeah, Brennan, is there anything that you want to ask him before um, we wrap it up? No, I think it's really cool that we got the uh, exclusive that the entire reason you made host was just to get access back to that footage. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did I, I did want to ask you, you're going to be working with Sam Raimi. Tell us a little bit about that before you have to go. Uh, yeah, um, unbelievably working with Sam Raimi. Um, so Sam Raimi is my hero. He's my favorite director. And same with Rob. And we basically... Um, had the opportunity to meet up with him because he loved he loved our film Salt and Dawn of the Death and he asked if we had anything else and we pitched him our, our very best idea and he, he went for it so yeah over the last few months we've just been cracking it during making host actually we've, we've been we've been cracking that story and, and making it as good as it possibly can be and uh, yeah, we're at the tab- table read stage now with Sam, and um, it's cool. It's very cool, and it's going to be incredible when people see what what it actually is. Because we've been very coy about it, um, but it's it's very cool. <laughs> uh, 
the car to be in it, Jed, so... Yeah, so... <laughs> he has seen Dawn of Death, so, you know... Hey, has he seen Host? <laughs> um, he said he would see Host this week, but he's busy, he's got stuff to do. Oh, my... Ho- hopefully he sees it. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know how he would miss it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that it, all three of you, or any of you, want to talk about before we uh, wrap this up? Um, no, just that thank you very much for, for, for inviting us on, on the podcast. Yeah, really appreciate thank it. You. It was great. Our yeah. absolute pleasure. Yeah. Cheers, this man. Is, thank really, you. You guys are great to chat with. Oh, yeah. thank you. And, um, you know, just throwing the software out there for as long as this podcast is on, you three or any of your other friends want to come on, let us know. We'll like to uh, promote y'all. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you, Brennan, for joining us as always. Thank you, Jed. Thank you, Haley. And thank you, Emma. It was a true <laughs> pleasure to talk to y'all. And if you have not seen Host yet, watch it. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. Hey, everybody. Thank you for sticking around. So about a week from now, we're going to be calling in readers, book reviewers, podcasters, librarians, booksellers, and lovers of great scary books, because Buzz Book Expo 2020, it's just around the corner, like I said, about a week away. Buzz Book Expo is a live streaming event in which publishers will be announcing all the great new horror fiction releases they have to offer through the coming year. There's going to be interviews, Q&As, presentations, book cover reveals, and more from all of your favorite horror publishers and it is all for free. Spend two days immersed in exciting book talk from publishers and authors alike, and it takes place on August 22nd and 23rd. All other information, including links to the expo, can be found at marysangi, that's S-A-N-G-I, dot wordpress.com slash buzz dash book dash expo dash 2020. We hope to see you there. We are in your mind. We are all around. You are now leaving Deadhead Space. Skype is so weird. Skype is so weird. <laughs> we can talk all about that if you want. Yeah. <laughs> We're contracted to Zoom, so <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm I'm just I'm just a little silly man that knows how to use basic communicational tools. <laughs> Zoom is so much easier. Zoom is so much easier than Skype. It is just really user friendly. I just saw I saw that you have to like pay for it. That's why I was like, oh, I don't know. Or am I wrong? No, I would get forty minutes free. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's just one one, it's free forever. But if there's more than two people, then yeah, you have to pay over forty minutes. Okay. I gotta be honest though, I feel like it's easier to talk in a group on this because like I can hear what multiple people are saying at the same time, whereas on Zoom it's like the other person gets silenced if someone else is talking. That's true. Is Emma God? Because, like, I can't see her, but I want to look up. I have a tiny camera on. You can't be that person. good today. Emma, keep can I make this video? Host will be dead and gone by the next year. Don't be. Are you looking that bad? No, really. We we were drinking yesterday because it was our rap party, and today I look awful. Oh. (laughs) It's so bad. It's such a lie. (laughs) Oh, it's not. (laughs)